This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina, and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music, and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie, and Wrightsville, and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Got a favorite Kate Bush song that you just want to leave a couple of thoughts on? Well, you can call our hotline at any time and your thoughts might be played on a future episode. That number is 1-757-349-6886. That's 1-757-349-6886. Hope to hear from you soon. Strange Phenomena now has a Patreon page. If you would like to support the show, then you can visit patreon.com slash katebushpodcast to see what wonderful rewards we're offering for your support of the show. Thank you. And now, on with the show. everybody to a special episode of strange phenomena the music of kate bush this week we're not digging into a song because (laughs) we've already covered that with the dreaming and i'm recording hounds of love episodes as we speak this week is going to be something a little different back in november i put out an episode called let the weirdest in number one so this episode is let the weirdness in number two So if you're just tuning in, you're like, okay, what is this Let the Weirdness In? Huh? What's this? Well, Let the Weirdness In is my fan mailing corrections episode. So I like to do these now. um, I mean, with the first one, I did it after the first couple seasons were done. So I could kind of accumulate stuff. But I've had some different fan mail and uh, stuff like that through the dreaming season because I think I'm starting to get more listeners and everything, which is awesome. Oh, my gosh. And if you're just tuning in, hello. Hi. You're awesome for tuning into the show. So this is Let the Weirdness In number two. So. For this episode, I'm going to start first with a bit of a long message. So this first message came a couple of weeks ago. And when I say a couple of weeks ago, this came in early April. And this is from somebody who asked that I do not use his name. So I'm just going to read his message. He's got two things here. First thing. 
Dear Cecily, I've recently found your podcast through twitter.com slash girl underscore hag, who I found through a random Kate Bush tag, and I've enjoyed your episodes. I've only had time to listen to a few so far, but we'll catch up bit by bit. I have one note and one question. The note, you've covered the first two albums already, which I haven't listened to all the way through yet, so you may have discussed this, but in case you haven't, did you know that the original band she was in to help her gain experience in gig, the KT Bush band, reformed a couple of years ago for a reunion and are still playing? It's the original guitarist Brian Bath who was credited on her albums and drummer Vic King who wasn't. You can find them here, www.thektbushband.com. I went to their first reunion gig and have followed them since. They're really good and it's great fun to hear their stories of back when they first met Kate and worked on her music. You never know, they may be up for a chat on your podcast. So I'm just going to add in my thing here. Really awesome to hear that. I, as of this recording, I have not contacted them yet, but who knows, perhaps on Patreon, for my Patreon subscribers at patreon.com slash Kate Bush podcast, I, who knows, we might, if I can get a hold of them and they're not too busy, I would absolutely love to talk with them for a future episode, which would be absolutely awesome. Okay, so. That was the note. And now the question. This is from the same uh, from the same guy. He says the question again. Sorry if you've already covered this and I don't want slash need slash expect a reply. Oh, but there's going but my note here. There's going to be one because this is a good thing to talk about. Back to him. But it's more out of curiosity. So perhaps you may bring it up in a future episode if the topic comes up. I know how successful Kate Bush has been internationally. So it's no surprise to me people from all over the world follow her and talk about her work like you do. But what I've never asked anyone is how do you feel so connected to someone who is so clearly from a different background? I think of her as a very British and Irish artist, and I can connect to her from a shared history. But I've always wondered how people who aren't brought up with the same history, stories, influences, etc. manage to connect to her just the same. I was born and lived very near to where she was born, and although she hasn't lived here for many years now, that knowledge of her upbringing and knowing people and families who are very much like her gives me a natural assumption that her work expresses itself to people who can understand those influences. However, of course, that's totally wrong and single-minded because people connect with her from all around the globe. So, my long-winded question is, what are the themes that stand out and make you connect with her above others? I presume on a much deeper level than you than you like other artists, as you wouldn't be going to such efforts to run a podcast otherwise. Big smile here. Y'all can't see, but I have a big smile. When she comes from a very different society and upbringing. So, when I got that message a couple weeks ago, I spent some time kind of thinking about it. I know you said, you know, you don't expect, I don't expect you to reply, but... I do think it's a worthy question. (laughs) And, you know, this is going to be a little bit long-winded here, but the more I thought about it, like, okay, what is it about Kate's Bush, Kate's music that I just connect with above everybody else? Because I have other favorite artists. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I talk about them sometimes. Like, yes, I'm a fan of Tori Amos. I love Florence and the Machine. I also love French music. I love Milan Farmer. I'm really into Zazzy and uh, indie artists like Eliza Rickman. But above them all, yes, Kate is, I can say, like, if somebody says to me, who's your favorite artist? I say Kate Bush, like, hands down right there. So for me, it's kind of a couple of different things. So part of 
why I connect with her music above everybody else's is that her music is so deep and complex that as I'm, I'm always finding new things that I love in her music. And I've especially noticed that when going through each and every song here and like really digging into what is she saying? What about what does it mean when she's singing this lyric like this? Blah, blah, blah. And just that, especially starting with the dreaming. I mean, with, with the dreaming, there are so many layers and everything in those songs that I'm always hearing new things. Like when I was really listening to Get Out of My House for the discussion with Rick Campbell and Zoe P., I was noticing other layers of voices at the very end after the donkey braying that I hadn't really noticed before. And there's just every time I listen and that, you know, I'm just kind of going off the cuff here. Like I do have some notes for this, but I'm just kind of going off the cuff here that there's so much in her music and her production that I'm always cap catching new things that I really didn't notice before. So that's, that's one thing. Um, the second thing, and this is what connects me the most to her music is her willingness to be weird and different for somebody like me who always felt like she never belonged anywhere um, growing up and even still as an adult. What is striking to me about Kate and what what makes part of what makes her my favorite artist above all is her willingness to just be herself. That she's willing to just she's willing to pray like a donkey. She's willing to dress up like a bat on the back of her album cover and just be wild and theatrical and let her imagination run wild. And there's such imagination in her music. And you know, for an artist like me, it's really inspiring. It shows me that here's somebody who isn't going to do the same thing that everybody else is, who is willing to just be absolutely crazy and you may really like it you may not and that's okay because you can't appeal to everybody so that's one of the points is just her willingness to be really weird and out there and different and that's reassuring for somebody like me who does feel different um i mean most of you guys don't know me in real life but that's how i feel most of the time like i just i'm all weird and kate shows me Hey, just be yourself. And if people love you, that's great. And if people don't, then you know what, screw that. Along those lines, her style. What really strikes me is her style. Like her style is so unique. Like she brings all of these very different genres together and make, and she creates her own style that, like the previous point, is unlike anybody else you have ever heard. I cannot think of many people who are like her. And, you know, me being an American, obviously, you can tell from the way I talk, I'm an American. So when I try to explain her music to somebody, I have to really think hard to come up with reference points, because a lot of Americans, and especially younger people like me, haven't heard of her. And I'm just, I, I always have a lot of trouble trying to describe it. I mean, her style, she takes 
influences from folk music, but it's not folk music. You know, it's not she's not a girl on a guitar or something like that. She she but her but her her willingness to to go into different characters and speak from many different viewpoints that are often sometimes like very can be very violent, especially in the case of the kick inside title track. So she's got some influences from folk. She's got a little bit of I would say like theater, Broadway, West End because of the way she uses her voice and other random things that I can't even quite pinpoint, but it's all like part of this very theatrical style. And I know that that's part of what I think makes her a difficult artist to cover is because so many of her songs are unique to her and her style. And it's something that's sometimes so left field that people don't quite get it and so that's part of it like too like Kate's style is so unique and I like that in an artist I like somebody who is willing to like dig into themselves and figure out who they really are and what kind of artist they are and being different from somebody else on the radio I tell you if I put all of my female artists on a shuffle I can tell Kate's voice like within a note because it is just so unique to her also speaking of which being unique and I've been talking about that a lot that it, it, that her voice it has to be one of the most unique voices I have ever heard and another thing that draws me into her music is that she uses her voice in so many ways that most people don't like she with even within one song like get out of my house she uses more vocal styles than anybody you're gonna hear on the voice you know she makes animal noises she's screaming she's going very soft she has like kind of theatrical broadway sort of style singing especially you know, i clean the stains away um she just uses her voice in so many different ways that a lot of people just don't, that they're not, they want to sound pretty or they're trying to appeal to as many people as possible. And she just, she's like, no, I'm going to sing this in this way. This is, this, I am inhabiting this strange character and I'm just going to go there and I hope you all will come with me. So that's my very long winded answer I suppose, to, to this, to that question. And it's, I took a little while to think about it because, you know, sometimes I think about this kind of stuff, like why do I connect with certain artists? And I know it all comes down to being unique and just distinctive that you're willing to come up with your own style and your own ways of doing things and I don't think a lot of artists do that. A lot of artists are just trying to do, like, go walk straight down the middle, <laughs> if you will, to appeal to as many people as possible. And I'm talking a lot about this because I've been watching, you know, I'm a, like I said, I'm American, so I've been watching the American voice. And so I hear a lot of singers that, honest to God, just all sound the same. And I know the next Kate Bush is not going to appear on a show like this. But that's my hope is at least to find somebody who's like, I'm sitting there doing my sewing and I hear a voice that's like, whoa, this is unlike anything I've ever heard before. Tell me more. And that's what I find in Kate. Like she just inspires me to, to just be myself. And even if I'm not as out there in my art as she is with hers, it is still inspiring anyway that she's willing, that she 
and just goes there. And last thing I'm going to say about part of why I connect with Kate the most is along those same artists of being an artist and it's her song topics. I don't know of many other singers who are willing to inhabit so many different characters. Or, I'm sorry. I can't think of many female artists who are willing to inhabit so many different characters and viewpoints as much as Kate has done that she's willing. She wants to write about topics other than just, Oh, I saw a boy and I fell in love. And I've mentioned that kind of thing before that, oh, I love that she's talking about a big concept. And she has love songs. I mean, there are some some love songs that Kate has written, but she her song topics. I mean, come on, I, we just finished the dreaming. We've got a soldier in Vietnam. We've got the plight of the Aborigines. We've got a, a robbery gone wrong. And that's just in one album. And she's the the Kate doesn't write top forty mushy like factory type love songs that she's well she writes from other topics and concepts that really make you think. And I know for me, like well, when we get to it for the sensual world, the sensual world, I didn't like much at first, but that album and its concepts about communication and relationships have grown a lot with me. They're just so deep. And that is part of why I wanted to do a podcast talking all about her music, because there are so many themes and concepts to discuss that are so deep that just they're, they're not shallow. Like they will, they will grow with you. And it, that's just the fact that Kate is that the fact that Kate writes songs about whatever she wants to write about is also really inspiring to me as an artist. And also that, you know, Kate writes from a male point of view sometimes. And again, I can't think of any other female artists who are willing to do that. Um, or any artist really writing from an opposite gender point of view that the Kate wants to see all the different facets of humanity is what is inspiring to me and also lastly part of what really draws me into her music okay so been talking for a while on to the next thing here so this message came through in february this is dated february 22nd 2019 and this comes from a listener mark mccray and this is about the there goes a tenor episode he says Just listened to the There Goes a Tenor episode and figured you guys didn't notice that while Kate does appropriate mockney, mock cockney vocabulary, her phrasing in this number is particularly and consistently RP, received pronunciation. This mix really doesn't win her over to a British audience who regard it as elitist, condescending, and classist, possibly why it didn't chart. Yeah, that's, there could be that. And I mean, honestly... You know, well, from what I've noticed about why certain songs are more successful than others, uh, definitely, I agree that's that could be a, that's probably a factor. Um, other little things like, oh, the record company just not really promoting it like it they should have, and just trying to push the video and all that. Because I know the video only aired once, if I remember. So, yeah, I just want to add that in there. That's that was about there goes a tenor, 
Thank you, Mark, for writing into the show. Uh, let's see. Our next letter is from Stephen Clay. So Stephen Clay is a supporter of the show um, from Minneapolis. So he's another American fan, just like me. Yay! Um, this is about this is about specifically get out of my house. Um, he says, "Great episode. I have random thoughts to share. Too many for Twitter." First, this song has always been about attempting to escape an abusive relationship to me. I was not aware of the connection to The Shining until much later, and it never really resonated. It, also, it is also clearly from a woman's perspective, despite what Kate herself may have said. His next thing, key. The key concept is well established already on the record, but here locking rather than opening. But why is key set off against keeper? And who or what is the keeper? I've got some thoughts on that, but I just want to finish what he, what he has to say here. Cleaning. Great contrast with Mrs. Bartolozzi. In both cases, the act of cleaning, normally thought of as welcoming, like clean up to get ready for company, is really not. Also, obsessive cleaning is consciousness of guilt. Long literary tradition of cleaning imagined stains. After becoming a parent and reading to my kids, the transformation section comes off differently to me, like a goth version of the runaway bunny. The very ending I just can't figure out. Kate's reading is very hopeful, but it also sounds as if after closing herself off completely emotionally and physically, the narrator is being escorted into madness by a gradually multiplying chorus of male voices spouting nonsense. A hell of an ending. Shout out for Lucretia. Rembrandt's version in Minneapolis, not the DC one, is one of my favorite paintings. I can go on about that, but won't. Thanks for a great episode. So, uh, when we're looking at the second part, you mentioned the key. Yeah, the key concept is well established already on the record, but here locking rather than opening. But why is key set off against keeper and who or what is the keeper? Very good question, and actually something I hadn't even thought about until I read this message. And I interpret the keeper as kind of like your soul. I interpret it as um, like with your soul, you're you're closing off everything. You're closing yourself off from the world. Um, at least that's how I've seen it. Um, why Kia set off against keeper? I think it it's just kind of goes with um, the idea of using something to keep something to make sure that something is closed, perhaps because I mean you can have a door that's closed, but if it's if you don't have a key or something in the lock, then people can still get in, and so maybe it's a set against key because that key ensures that things are going to stay closed up no matter what. Um, that's how I kind of interpreted that one. And yeah, as far as the ending, I mean, I feel like it's almost, and I, you know, I thought about this and honestly in this episode, I'm, I've sort of got notes in my head and I'm just kind of going off that. Anyway, so what I think of is the ending, you know, when I was kind of thinking about it a little bit more, I think of the ending, yeah, she says that it's very hopeful that she scared away the demons and everything. And I'm with her on that. It feels to me like kind of the swirling things are like like the, the kind of the aftermath, like you're in the aftermath of this terrible thing that's happened to you. And that's how I thought of that one. And I mean, it, it it's so it's ambiguous. And I think that that's what makes great art is that it can be interpreted 
in many different ways, definitely. Our last message comes from Geraldine Peterson Clark. This is somebody who wrote into the Facebook page on April 4th, 2019. And she says the following, thanks for your podcast, Cecily. I started listening late last year and I'm all caught up now. I'm a 39 year old English born Australian with Malaysian and Indian cultural heritage. I've been a huge fan of Kate since the early to mid nineties when I saw the rubber band girl video on TV on a music show called Rage and heard Wuthering Heights on the radio shortly afterwards, which particularly piqued my interest as I was reading the novel in school. It was so lovely to hear you discuss my favorite song, Night of the Swallow. I had never worked out that it was a dialogue between husband and wife, and the whole narrative makes much more sense now. Yes, I agree. I never worked out either. <laughs> I hadn't worked out either that it was supposed to be a dialogue, but if you look at the, and I've noticed it, if you look at the lyrics kind of side by side, you can definitely see that. But yeah, I think it's really awesome. I mean, who else does that kind of thing? Of course, our lovely Kate does because she's Kate and she's awesome. Anyway. Well, that wraps it up for this month's edition of Let the Weirdness In. As always, feel free to write into the show if you have a favorite song that you want to talk about. You can email me, kbcast at linkmedia.com. That's link with an E. You can also contact me through my website. I have a web form on there, kbcast.linkmedia.com. You can also go through the Facebook page, facebook.com slash katebushpodcast, and on Twitter, at strangekatecast. I love hearing from people and just their stories and, and also just realizing that, wow, Kate has such an international presence. And I think that's just really awesome. And one of these days, I want to try and set something up on the KBCast website where I have like pin marks for uh, where people are from, <laughs> like all the people who have contributed to the show. I think that would be cool. So you can see like, oh yeah, I got this, you know, the couple of these fans from Australia, these fans from here, these fans from here. But that's for the future, that's for the future. And also as of this recording, I am putting, gonna be putting out some uh, Hounds of Love episodes starting in what I hope will be July. So I'm super excited about that. I've got a couple of episodes in the can and I can tell you it's gonna be really, really awesome. Because I know Hounds of Love, like The Dreaming, is a beloved album by many of you guys. We've already talked about my absolute favorite album, The Dreaming. So Hounds of Love for me is number two. So there you go. Anyway, we'll see everybody in a couple of weeks for Hounds of Love episodes. We're going to do an album intro episode and then start going into the songs. I'm super excited about this. I know you guys probably are. And I will see everybody then. Bye. to achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? 
Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.